Kia ora New Zealand, welcome to Sweet Chain Live. My name's Matt Drake. This is episode 56. Good evening, Brady Cush. Good evening, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Very well. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been incredibly busy here, but um, got to play some disc golf last night, so um, all is well with the world. You all right? Yeah, I'm I'm good, man. Like I I gotta say, I know that the viewers can't see it, but there is a legend who's sitting in the green room right now, and I am so excited. <laughs> I'm really excited about tonight's show. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, on tonight's show, then we've got hot scores coming up first up, um, and then we bring on um, the former world distance champion and legend of uh, of disc golf, Scott Stokely, is going to be joining us. So uh, so yeah, we're gonna have a chat to him. He stays for Desert Island Disc Golf um, and the um, uh, the quick fire, which is going to be going to be uh, good fun. Uh, if you've got any questions for Scott, then you can pop them in the comments. And uh, if we see any that we feel that you know pretty good, then we we may well go to them. Um, we've then got an update on the New Zealand power rankings. So um, for, we've had some big tournaments recently: Highlander, the Smash, and North Island Champs. Um, so with two majors and a and a and a tour event, um, we look at how that's changed the rankings. We also go through our tips for Rotorua this weekend um, as well. Um, a strong field in both um, M in both the ladies and the um, uh, MPO divisions. And then we've also got um, uh, Jason Malian, who you may remember, um, won the Discmania uh, 1 in 10 uh, Guess the Correct People competition um, uh, from the other week. And we've got his live unboxing to finish us off. Um, for anybody tuning in wanting uh, their stats fixed, my apologies. The data analytics team have, um, have have let me know that they could really do with a couple more weeks, and uh, and I, I've I've decided that in order to do a, a proper job, we're gonna we're gonna grant it to them. So uh, a couple more weeks before before that'll be ready, but it's something to certainly look forward to. Anyway, let's get into it. We'll go through hot scores, and we're gonna start down south in Invercargill, where Ethan Stout, big news about him came out earlier on tonight, hits 15 under par, more on that later. Uh, at Chingford, it's Cameron Mackey who hits eight under par. He seems to camp there every week. It's his name every single week. Uh, at Brockville, it's Tom McKay, nine under par at Brockville. So well done to Tom. Um, at the Gardens, familiar face Mikey Yu hits 14 under par, and he also hits six under par, tied with Chris Dixon at Tucker Beach to take out the hot scores in Queenstown. Uh, Cooper Solis hits five under at Ely Point, uh, and Ryan Cambridge um, is out and about at Lismore, hitting 14 under par. Um, up to the Garden City in Christchurch, Jelly Park, Jane Watkinson hits 15 under par um, at Jelly Park, uh, and he also hits nine under par at Queen's Park Reserve, along with Willie Taratner, and I know that Willie's round was a birdie on every hole. I suspect that Jaden's was as well, so... Um, very well done to them too. And Zach Taylor rounds out the South Island with four under par at Brooker Ave. Brody, take us through the north. In the north, welcome to the capital right here in Wellington at Barampur. We have Angus Hines and Nick Panu coming in at minus six. Um, out on the foreshore, Hakoi Koi Reserve, Matthew Young coming in at minus five. Good round out there. Nice shooting, Matthew. And up at Harcourt Park at the league round this week, I take out the hot round with a minus seven. Uh, going up to Palmy, let's go to Linkletter Reserve. We have Arthur Graham once again and Ryan Kiddo coming in at minus five this week for Linkletter. Uh, Taupo Spa Park, uh, Red Course, we have Steve Lawson coming in at minus three, looking good going into Lakeside. Um, Inglewood, 
where are you at, homies? Uh, no one played around on UDISC this week out of Inglewood. So come on, champ, where are you at? Uh, Jason, I hope you'll be out there with your new discs. Uh, maybe you need to have a like new box round. Uh, let's go to Rotorua before this week's comp. Uh, we got Dane Sales coming in at even. Uh, so hopefully there'll be some hotter scores on the weekend. Out in Hastings, Flaxmere Park, Anthony Rogers getting it done in league, coming in at minus seven. Uh, up to Tauranga, McLaren's Falls, Adam Bolin coming in at plus four with the hot round this week. So it looks like the extreme shows its teeth. Lastly, in the big smoke up in Auckland, Henderson, full 18. Vinny Wilson takes it out this week with a minus three. And in Rosedale, uh, we have Carl Manson coming in at minus three with a hot round. Uh, well done, everyone, this week on playing some good disc golf. Fantastic. Uh, in the two sanctioned leagues um, this week, um, Brady, you mentioned you took out the uh, Wellington Summer League with a seven under par, 985 rated round, so well done to you. Uh, and this evening, uh, he's only just finished his round. Uh, Jaden Watkinson um, hit a 1008 rated 12 under par. So very well done to Jaden, hot off the hills nice, of Jayden. last week's heroics as well. Do you remember um, he hit 16 under on the same course? Uh, which was 10.39 rated. So he started off that league pretty hot. So well done to Jake. Um, okay, let's uh, get into it. So um, our guest tonight um, needs no introduction, um, but, you know, we're going to give him one anyway. Uh, he's the former world distance champion, uh, legend of the game, been playing for many, many years, um, uh, has done countless uh, tutorials, coaching sessions, lessons, and it's an absolute pleasure to have him on the show. Um, so good evening, uh, Scott Stokely. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> Thank you guys so much for having me. I, I'm really excited. No, it's an absolute pleasure to have you, and um, uh, thank you for, for, for agreeing to come on and uh, say hello to New Zealand. Well, you know, I our intention uh, this past winter was to spend it in New Zealand. Like, that, we had planned on it for a year, but... Um, Something in the news, I don't know. Some <laughs> there was some reason yeah. why we couldn't. <laughs> Can't recall what it is, but yeah. uh, but our intention is to, to be in New Zealand uh, for a portion of next winter, uh, yeah, depending wow. on. Things. So I, I can't wait. That that'll be that'll be found fantastic. Um, look forward to look forward to uh, to that, and hopefully we'll get to we'll get to meet in person. Um, now there, there'll be a lot of people watching this show who are maybe a bit younger um, or maybe have only just got into disc golf who aren't really uh, familiar with the name Scott Stokely or know particularly what you've done or your history. For those people, give us a, a, a kind of a, a, a potted history of the last few decades. <laughs> so first of <laughs> all, uh, pretty much everybody's a bit younger than me. Uh, or somewhere between a bit younger and a lot younger. Um, so the short of it is I, I played my first round of disc golf uh, at the World, well, Frisbee golf back then. The, my first round of Frisbee golf on the world's first permanent Frisbee golf course when it was the only course in the entire world. Woo! So I was there for the beginning of um, that part of the sports life. The sport, had, that was 1976. The sport had existed before then. They ran it at tournaments. People independently played. But the first course went in the ground, and, and I was there within a month. Um, so I've, I've been around <laughs> a long time. Um, I played every single day growing up. I, I eventually figured out that I, if I kept discs in my locker at school, 
my mom would drop me off at school. I would put my books in my locker, take my discs out, go play Frisbee golf all day, come back, put my discs in my locker, grab my books. Mom would take me up. I'd go home, eat something, <laughs> go down to the course, play till dark. Um, and I did that for a couple of years before I realized, hey, you can just drop out of, out of school in the 10th grade and play Frisbee all day. And um, so that's what I did. And that, <laughs> that is the early part of my, my career. Um, it, it's actually really funny. To this day, uh, parents ask me, how can I best support my kid's disc golf career? And I always say to them, do you want me to answer in front of your kid? <laughs> for, for some reason, they always say yes. And I say, well, my best advice is pull them out of school. They're wasting their time. They should play Frisbee all day. Why are you asking me for parenting advice? <laughs> you know, and by the way, I tried talking my daughter out of college, too. I said, you can learn how to surf instead. And she went to college to uh, to defy me. But so, yeah, so I, I played up until I was, uh, you know, throughout my teenage years, had a couple rough teenage years, but but came back to the sport and um, went and toured. Um, off and on for eight years in the 90s. Um, I finished second place at the World Championships twice behind Ken Climo. Uh, but over the course of uh, 10 years, won 17 world and national titles um, in different disc golf and distance events. And then I quit playing for 13 years and <laughs> uh, had uh, 10 or 11 really good years and then a couple really rough years at the end with personal issues and that brought me back to the sport and I've been back ever since. So that's the 50 cent version. So now I'm back. Uh, <laughs> I've been back six years. Fantastic. Fantastic. And so given, given all of that time has passed um, now I'm um, hurtling towards 40 at a rate of knots and uh, I find it difficult. Um, how do you manage to stay, stay match fit given you know the fact that your 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 body is getting older. What what do you what do you do sort of deliberately to make sure that you know you're ready for tournaments and you're ready to be able to practice <laughs> and you're ready to be able to do like the marathon holes that we've seen you. We'll talk a bit about about that later. But yeah, how, how do you how do you stay match fit for all of that kind of stuff? Okay, so for the for the a number of years up until this last like uh, 10, 10 months or so, I basically did it by not being overweight. And that's not a knock on being overweight, but my the the extent of my health was make sure I just am not like I'm I'm thin. I, I wasn't really worried about my health so much nutritionally. Uh, you know, I just was trying to basically be active and don't eat so much. And um and you know, at 50 years old, that's actually ahead of the curve, right? I mean, I was actually mm -hmm. I was doing pretty well for my age. Uh, but in April, I decided to rejoin the, the Pro Tour this year, and I spent, I guess, the last nine months or so on a rigorous diet. I mean, like nutritional, everything you could possibly do, supplements. Um, I'm in the gym four days a week, training hard, disc golf strong. So, um, like, now I'm I'm approaching this, like, like, like I could be an MMA fighter in terms of how much time and effort I'm putting into the physical part of my body. Mm. Um, but just getting stronger and, and healthier. It's not just about being thin. It's about being strong. Yeah. But, yeah. But I guess that's where I'm at. 
I, I guess a, a lot of, to be able to cope with those um, those kind of long tournament formats and uh, can can take quite the toll on the body. And so having a good core strength and being not necessarily uh, muscular but but tough, I guess, is um, is, is really important. Well, so so here's the thing. I, honestly, the the competing part's not that hard on the body. It's one round of golf and longer. It's mm-hmm. one round of disc golf. I mean, that's not like in, in terms of like what it puts on your body. There are many sports that put a lot more on your body. So I don't. Uh, I mean, certainly being in good shape is going to help you perform better at any sport. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's where the fitness comes in. I think it's more about the training because in order to perform at the highest level, you have to put the time in, you have to put the reps in. Um, a round of golf is a round of golf. Mm. The you know the the seven hundred and fifty putts and three hundred drives that you're doing you know on a Tuesday, that's where your body has to be in shape. So I I think the the being in shape and being stronger is is honestly more important to allow you to train. Mm-hmm. Um, than the actual competition. And, and of course, being in good shape helps you compete, but <laughs> it's the training. It's the training where you really need it. Well, yeah, and I saw recently you posted you were out in the desert in Death Valley, actually, um, yeah. completing your 55,000-foot hole. So 10 miles, basically, right? Yeah. So we, you know, <laughs> like Matt and I are no stranger to, you know, we played 101 holes a day, and you talked about, you know, like, 18 holes for a disc golf competition in one day is a lot is not so much how well kind of one how did these long like 10 mile holes come about and then two how do you go about finding one and then completing it i guess yeah so honestly i just did this for fun on uh on january 1st i wanted to ring the new new year in doing something fun and so i thought that i i'm 52 years old it wasn't my birthday but i'm 52 years old so I said, you know, I'm just going to go play a 52,000-foot hole. Wow. And it, it turned out to be about 9.8 miles. And what I, I had a location where I could set up the basket, and I had 9.8 miles, where I, a way where I could set up a tee pad where I wasn't crossing private land or, you know, inter, you know streets with cars and stuff like that. Um, so there was a piece of land where I could do it, which in this case happened to be um, – 9.8 miles along the beach. And Ooh. so I just played down a beach for 9.8 miles. I mean, it was just something for fun. You know, mm. I, one of the things that I like to do, um, and I, if you like, I, my autobiography's out. If you read, read that, there's a whole lot of this, but I find it important to challenge myself and then create challenges and to do things that are hard, you know, not doing things that I'm going to succeed at automatically but instead picking things that are challenging that I might fail at because I, I always want to know where my, my limits are. And if you only do things that you're going to succeed at and then you succeed, you have no way of knowing if maybe you were capable of doing something more. But mm. if you do things you can fail at and you fail, then you see where your line is. Then you know how far you can go and what you can, what you can do, right? So I just like putting obstacles in front of myself and trying to overcome them. It, it keeps me alive. So that was it. So um, some people, uh, they, uh, my, when I said that, well, when I did it, it was the first one, it was 52,000 feet. I didn't think it was a world record. I just did it for fun. But 
everybody started messaging me saying no one's played a longer disc golf hole. And I haven't heard of any longer since. So I'm like, well, I guess that's a like a world record. I wasn't trying to do that. <laughs> but when I did that, I came up with this really cool idea. And I want to like spread the word on this one. I think it would be really fun. And this is what I posted about is if when someone breaks it, because it's a 9.8 mile hole, you guys mm -hmm. can go out next week and break this record. It's not a record that yeah. you can't just break. I mean, really. Mm. Um, I said, if you're going to break it, go break it by a thousand feet. That way Ooh. you break the, the world record. You guys have a world record and then someone else can break it and get the world record and then someone else can mm. break it. And it would just be like a yeah, fun yeah. way that like lots of different people can do this. So some players up in Minnesota went and played a 53,000 foot. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, and they did it in the snow on a frozen riverbed, yeah. which, is, which is unbelievably <laughs> like cooler Dangerous. and harder than what I did, <laughs> but it was cool. Right. And they, but they kept within the spirit of this thing that I, that I kind of mm -hmm. created and then um, they broke it. And then I said, well, I'm going to, you know, like I want to keep this thing going. So I'm going to go break it. So what can I do that's cool? Well, maybe Death Valley would be cool. Like it's the, you know, the most desolate, extreme place in the United States. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw across Death Valley for 10 and a half miles. And Ooh. that did. And videotaped the whole thing. So the whole, like, we're going to be putting out a video in a couple of days. But the thing is that record is only going to hold until someone chooses to break it. Because it's yeah. not that far when it comes down to it. I'm hoping mm -hmm. the next person does a 56,000 foot hole that someone else does 57,000 feet. You know, that's like fingers crossed. But if, if everybody keeps the spirit, it, it'll be really fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, no. And like, yeah, I, you know, like having like known about you for years, like we talked a couple of years ago on the phone and like been following you recently. I think it was about two years ago when you kind of came back to the sport, you came back with MVP and you were doing, like it was blue puzzle pieces or like you were doing the like autism support stuff. Is yeah. that, is that still going? Like what happened to that? You know, like, can you tell people yeah. a little bit about what that was? Sure. So um, about five years ago, I started running events, uh, disc golf classes around the country for kids and adults with special needs, uh, which is, I would, I would go to town and I would teach a class if, you know, free, of course, uh, yeah. anyone with any special needs, you know, autism, down syndrome, um, cerebral palsy, you know, paraplegic, but it doesn't matter. Like just any, anyone that is just in, uh, you know, I call it adaptive disc golf. Anyone where we, we need to adapt a game for you. Mm -hmm. You come out to the class. I teach you how to disc golf. You get a shirt and a disc just for coming out awesome. uh, and participating. Um, I went to 200 and, uh, 270 cities. Wow! Um, over two and a half years and taught these taught these classes. It's it's, you know, along with the book, it's probably the thing I'm most proud of in, in the sport after all these years. Honestly, mm. um, it was really really neat. And so, um, I also was extremely broke and poor <laughs> for a couple years because this is what I, I was. I was like, I would go sleep in a rest area and teach a class the next day. I mean, it was. I'm not complaining. It was the time of my life, but it was like. After a couple of years, I'm like, I can't keep doing that. And so I ended up taking it, uh, took a couple of years and, and made a bunch of money selling software. And then when I decided to take off again because of COVID, I wasn't able to teach these classes. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up teaching the while I was away. I taught another 10 classes, um, but I couldn't teach the classes when I came back. I, I've taught one. 
um, mm -hmm. since. So what I decided to do, because I wanted to do something for the community, is starting last April, um, I when I compete in tournaments now, I no longer play for prize money. I give the tournament director the name of a local autism or special needs organization, and everything, um, any of my prize money, they send, uh, like they don't send it to me. They just send my prize money directly to the local autism organization. That's oh, amazing. Wow. Yeah, That's and I did that all last year. Um, it was really fun because, you know, I was playing MP40 and 50, so I was winning a bunch of these tournaments, and so I was raising some money. And uh, and this year on the Pro Tour, same thing. Like, if yep. any money I win is going to go to a local, like every tournament I'm going to play for a different organization. That's awesome. Wow. Wow, that's that's yeah. great. That's it's great. It's fun, and I'm, I'm also going to be teaching classes as well. Because <laughs> uh, so I am going to teach the special needs classes too, at the events. Um, they're a little harder to coordinate because of the times we're in, so mm -hmm. yeah. um, that may be a little bit hit or miss on the events. But uh, the donations is a hundred percent. So you've you've done you've taught thousands, if not tens of thousands of people. Yes. Um, you've coached tens of thousands of people you've played in heaps of tournaments um and i'm starting to get a feeling of what the answer might be but what's your kind of favorite thing about disc golf out of all the different things that you do because you also pump out a hell of a lot of content um there's if you if you go to the uh scott stokely's um youtube channel there's there's videos every day or every other day coming out it's um you're, you're very busy on that side so i i what's your kind of favorite favorite thing to do do you really you know you, well you there's some there's, there's two with? things mm. you know at the end of the day the people are always going to be the most important thing my friends my frisbee family um there's no doubt that that's what that's what means the most to me in, in the community mm. um but honestly it's a a huge part of what i do is and this you know could be so misinterpreted but a lot of a lot of this golf is also a means to an end for me I mean, I love it. I love the people. But the most important thing to me is that I live my life free. I go where I want to go. I travel where I want to go. I don't answer to anybody. I'm not in a cubicle. Um, I'm not, I'm not, you know, hurting my back at work. I'm like, I'm, I'm living a life I want to live. Mm. Um, the trade-off for that is I do put out content every day. I do teach these classes. I do train. <laughs> I mean, I work, I mean, I don't work any less hard than anybody else, mm. but it's all on my own terms. Yeah. And I don't ask anyone permission to, to do anything in life. And, and to me, I just, I need to have that freedom to be happy. Um, when mm. the times I haven't done, had that, I haven't been happy. Even though I was in a nice house or making a lot of money, at the end of the day, that's not, that's not me. Like, so right now, um, Adriana and I, my, my girlfriend and I, who I will be traveling with hopefully forever, um, every single thing we owned that we couldn't take with us, we gave away or threw away. And, wow. and we're, we just, right now, we're, we, we travel in a Jeep. Like, we have a, <laughs> we have, well, now we have a pickup truck towing the Jeep, but we don't even have an RV. We don't have a storage unit. We don't have anything. We have some golf discs, our clothing a bag with like medicine and some notebooks mm. in it. And that's, that's everything we own. And I mm. would, if, if at all possible, I never want to live any other way. I just want to go places and do things and, and have adventures and see new things. 
and I don't want anything tying me down to that. So disc golf is I as much as I love it, it's also the opportunity for me to do that. Like if unless we're I'm not allowed to for some reason, I will be in New Zealand next winter. There's nothing that's going to stop me. Yes, I, I'm just <laughs> going to go. I want to go to Patagonia. Um, we're going to go to South America for a month or two, and then New Zealand for um, a couple months. Excellent, just, excellent. That is when very win. important to me that I can just do that. And I think look, that's such a it's a it's a really inspirational kind of message and and way to live your life. And it's probably a lot of people watching, myself included, who who <laughs> who would be like, yeah, no, actually, that sounds that sounds sweet. That's well. Here, cool. So here's the thing about it, though. I I figured out <clears throat> I figured out the key to happiness. <laughs> I'm 52 years old. It Here we go. Take. Four, it took me like 48 years. Okay, so it's like, <laughs> I'm not all high and mighty like I, you know, I've always known had the answers, but I have the answers now. And it, it's not about living the way I live. Like there are, like the majority of people living the way I live would not be happy, or they might be happy for a couple weeks, and that, then they'd be like, "This no." Um, yeah. I the key to happiness is figuring out how you want to live life and then living the life that you want to live. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. it sounds like an obvious answer, right? But I don't think it is because there are so many people that have a, like they've got the beautiful three bedroom house in the suburbs. They got a boat in their driveway. They've got a 401k and they're miserable. Mm -hmm. And they're not living the life they're supposed to live. But there's also people who are, doing the opposite and what and they're not happy because what they really need is a steady job in a 401k and mm. and, and and security like yeah. so it's not about a one way to live it's about figuring out the way you're supposed to live and i think what's important is to to step back and toss out every preconceived idea you have that your family's taught you that your friends have told you that television's told you that society's told you and wipe it from scratch and just get to the core and say, what do I want out of life? And then go after that thing. And mm. it's going to look different for every single person. But if you can figure out what you want and you go after it, I think that's where happiness is. So for me, I don't live like other people, but I live exactly the way I want to live. Fantastic. Fantastic message. Sorry, no, I, and I, I need to be a little. I, if that came across <laughs> preachy, I apologize. But <laughs> not at all, not at all. I just it took me a long time to figure this out because <laughs> I was like, I was selling software, making a ton of money, and and I was like, had everything, and I'm like, why am I? Why is this not satisfying to me? <laughs> and being on the road, being broke in a rest area, teaching a disc golf class makes me a hell of a lot happier than sleeping in a nice bed in a big house in the suburbs. I'll, I'll never go back to that. <laughs> no and i mean like yeah i i gotta say the same thing you know like you mentioned before about setting big goals about having a frisbee family about you know like living the way that you want you know like in one of those ways for me is like i love hosting people and like hosting events um i'm about to here in wellington um you know like i'm part of the organizational team that's hosting the national championships for new zealand and it's coming up in two weeks um you know like you talked about it's probably not going to be hard to get you to come out to New Zealand to come play in one of our events or to play our courses. But, you know, like what about the disc golf pro tour? There are a lot of veterans who are coming out, you know, like if overseas players want to like travel, like what is the disc golf pro tour doing? Or like, what could we do in New Zealand to kind of lure people to our shores or like, you know, out of retirement to come play? 
So as far as the touring players, it's going to be tough because there is there are tournaments every weekend, and now you're building points to get your tour card, and and there's sponsorship bonuses. Um, I think it's tough. I think the best, honestly, if you really wanted to get players out to New Zealand, I think the the probably the most effective way would be if there was a team effort and a way of making one big one like the national championships, right? But mm -hmm. making one big appealing one that doesn't conflict with, with the stuff over here. But yeah. honestly, I would also take the opinion, like who the hell cares? Like build, <laughs> like you got, like you got your own thing, grow your own thing organically. Let the people come that want to be in New Zealand because they want to go to New Zealand. You know, don't like try to like, you know, like you're asking like how to get people out. That'll get them out. But at the same time, it's like, what are you going to do? Like raise $75,000 and then spend that on one tournament when you could put eight courses yeah. on the ground. Like that would be a terrible use of, of the New Zealand disc golf money <laughs> just to give money to like six players. It doesn't, I, I, I so I'd like, personally, I would be like, keep doing what you're doing and let people come organically. And then, it'll like it'll happen automatically like the bigger you get it'll just happen mm. excellent excellent now you've you've coached i'm going to go back to the coaching yeah actually um before we join and have a look at some of the uh, questions in the comments there's been a there's been a few come through um what um you, you've coached quite a few people them and i've noticed something and it's something you've actually said in in, in some of your videos is that you like to coach things that are going to benefit a lot of people, not things that are going to benefit a small percentage of people. So is there, what would you, what would you say is like um, your, if there was one or two things that everybody, or at least a, a lot of people could do to say, improve their distance, what would, what would be something do you find maybe that you, you keep saying over and over again in, in your sessions when you, uh, when you have them with people that is the kind of the most common error or common thing that people could fix about their, maybe their form or, or something else about their game. Yeah. And, th and that's a really good and common question. And th there's not a short answer for it. <laughs> well, go for it. <laughs> well, go it's kind of it. like, that's like almost like the clickbait answer. What's the mm. one, here, here's the one tip <laughs> to make your putting better. Right. And, and it, 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 it's never just one thing. Um, it, 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 well, if there is one thing, it's one thing, but it's an umbrella that includes a lot of things underneath it. Um, you got to, it's the fundamentals. You know, it, it really comes down to doing the same, getting the basics down and then getting really good at those. There are no other tricks. So the best example I can give um, is... <laughs> I'm going to use, I'm going to go basketball reference because I don't know enough about rugby Ooh. to... <laughs> you give a metaphor in rugby but okay. um, i'll give a basketball but everyone will get the reference it's basketball mm -hmm. so when when you're in if you play basketball when you're six years old and you start your first basketball league and you're learning how to shoot free throws the coach for the six-year-old says put your feet like this put your elbow like this put it at 90 degrees the other hand guides the ball you extend forward flip with your wrist that's what they teach you when you're six years old. They do not teach you one other thing in shooting free throws the rest of your career. NBA players do the exact same thing the six-year-old does. They just 
did it for 30 years and got great at it. <laughs> it's no different yeah. than disc golf. There is no secret. There is no trick. It is the basic fundamentals of throwing over and over again. So when you get the basics down of how to throw, there's nothing left. There is no other, there's no mm -hmm. higher level of secrets to throw. I mean, there's different types of shots and stuff like that, but fundamentally there's not. Um, now I will give you one short answer though. So probably one of the most common things is um, if I had to pick one, it is you need to plant your foot before you begin moving any part of your body forward. You have to plant first. The foot comes mm -hmm. first, then your hips, shoulders, elbow, wrists go forward. But the the, hand, the, the foot must hit the ground first. Um, if you do that, the disc will snap out of your hand. And mm -hmm. the vast majority of players, uh, not good players, but the vast majority of players don't do that. They do more like a baseball swing, you know, like where right. you can't see me sitting down. But your foot's going as your arms are going. You're kind of like going together. That's mm -hmm. not how you throw a golf disc. You throw a golf disc with your foot hits the ground first, boom, then the rest of you comes. So that is the one thing that is probably the most, the wow. most common thing. Um, if I had to give a soundbite answer. Excellent. Well, thank you. That that's uh, that's a that's a very good tip and, and answers um, at least one of the questions in the chat yeah, as well. Yeah. So, uh, no, when you post a video, I have a video. It's called uh, "What Is Snap" or something about snap. Mm -hmm. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the snap video is where I explain that, and that that's uh, so. If someone wants to dig a little bit deeper into what I'm talking about, that's that. If you put a link to that, that'll explain that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can and do that. We can do that. Scott, do the do the tattoos help? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So talk us through that because Johnny asks, can you can you uh, how did they come about? So the way they came about was that I took 13 years off from the sport, and me leaving the sport was not good for me um, because that's my base. It's my family. It was my identity. And I mean, I stopped playing to raise my daughter, so I didn't leave for bad reasons. Mm. Um, but when I got away from the sport, I lost my, well, everything except for my, my daughter and my, my girlfriend at the time and her and their family. Um, so I had some trouble, um, uh, this is, I mean, we're going back like 10 years now, but I had a, a, a small period of time with substance abuse. And um, when I, I when I came back to the sport, that was because I was re-entering and uh, uh, getting my life back, basically. And so when I got the tattoos on my knuckles, it was a, um, I can, I called it my wedding ring to the sport, which was like, I promise you, I'm never going to leave you again. I'm sorry. Uh, this this is my commitment to you, and it was very important to me that um, that I did it on my hands because I wanted I didn't want it someplace where I could cover it. I wanted it to be the very first thing when you meet me. I want it to be the first thing you see about me that I'm a disc golfer. That's who I am. That's the package you're getting, and and that's why I did it. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, you mentioned that you you're joining you're playing on the on the pro tour this year. Yes. Um, so what card mates are you most looking forward to playing with um, on the Pro Tour? Honestly, I'm most looking forward to playing with all of them. And I don't mean that as a uh, uh, flippant answer. Uh, I would like to be able to, like, I hope I get to play with everybody at least once. Yeah. I would hate to, at the end of the tour, be like, oh, I never got to shoot with Ezra or I never got to shoot with, you know, 
I mean, Paul and Ricky and Eagle. I mean, I've, I've golfed with those guys before in tournaments, but mm-hmm. uh, there's so many good new players that I, I want to get on the card with. Mm-hmm. So honestly, it's just, I want to be play with literally all of them if possible. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to shooting with Calvin. He's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he looks Is like it- a lot of fun, eh? Boy, Who do you it, think? I like dry humor, so he's 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 sharp. Is there a next Scott Stokely on tour? Is there what? Is there a next Scott Stokely on tour? Yeah, everybody on tour is the next Scott Stokely. <laughs> 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 no, I would say if if there was a next Scott Stokely, it would be the. Uh, I mean, I think Simon would be the one that basically. Uh, is the is the closest to what I was when I was playing, you know the distance, mm-hmm. the the shots, the the trick shots, the you know like I I always joked that Simon's my son, but <laughs> <laughs> actually it's a true story. I, I I even put out a paternity test on Facebook one time that showed <laughs> that Simon was in fact my son, <laughs> and when I I when I posted that post i got a message from simon's dad that said <laughs> he said is there something you need to tell me <laughs> so oh that's brilliant that's brilliant yeah um scott thank you so much for for answering our questions there we're gonna go into the next segment of the show which is desert island disc golf yes now for um anyone who um hasn't seen this uh, this part of the show before the premise is is that scott is stranded on a desert island um, there is a disc golf course on this desert island, um, and he's fortunately been uh, stranded with three of his favorite discs and three of his favorite card mates. Now, his card mates can be uh, real or fantasy. They can be um, they can be uh, dead or alive. They can be touring pros or other people that you know. Um, so, Scott, what are you throwing on your desert island? All right, so I'm I'm going to be putting my Berg from Castle. Okay, Black. excellent. Have you got one there? Um, I not not in our room, but all out in the car. Okay, okay. So um, you you're, you're putting with a Berg, putting the Berg. Yeah. Um. Yep. So I was I was thinking about putter mid range driver because I have other throwing putters, and I said I mm-hmm. uh, the Berg I'm picking. I have several different mid range discs that, that I'm going to be throwing this year. Mm-hmm. Um, tour disc to choose from, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the Piwaka Waka from RPM. Yeah. Yes, um, we, we, we heard a little rumor about this. <laughs> but but I'm not just saying that because of, I mean, I love Simon to death and, and RPM, but I am bagging the Piwaka Waka this year. I've been mm-hmm. I've been hot on that disc for several years. I love that disc. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it has some characteristics that are very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that disc. And, and, um, Gonna th- my long range disc is I'm gonna go in and throw the enforcer from dynamic. Ooh. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. Nice, nice, very good, very good. And um who would be on your card with you? All right, so the the lame answer would be my girlfriend Adriana, my daughter Gabby, my best friend Randy Lom. Nobody wants to hear that, so we'll <laughs> we're just gonna assume that all of them were busy and didn't make it on, onto the boat yeah. with me. Yeah, they missed the yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, no, so I, I get this question, your dream card all the time, and I, and I try to mix it up so I can I can mention all my different friends. But well, uh, <laughs> so we're gonna go with uh, PDGA number three, Dan Roddick. Yes, well, yeah. um, Dork. 
biggest mentors and and heroes of my life. Uh, one of the people who was, has been a father figure to me um, in my life. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jeremy Colling because Ooh. I love. Yeah, I'm, I'm very good friends with Big Germ. Um, I think the world of him. He's a really good guy. Um, and I'm gonna go. Well, I'm gonna pick one old school person, and I'm gonna go with Brad Schick. Who just won the U.S. Masters Championships? And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Brad's hilarious. He's he's another just just a great guy I've known for a very long time. And um, I mean, how do you choose, right? I mean, well, that's right. So, that's a, a card of legends, right there. We'll go with those three. Yeah, okay. fantastic, fantastic. Um, now we're going to jump into our um, quick fire round. So the quick fire round split to two um, sections. The first section is a family-friendly front nine, which is the same nine questions for every guest every week. Okay. Um, and it's nice and easy. And then uh, Brady's got a safari back nine for you, which is different questions each week for every guest, and it takes the form of a this or that. So here we go. Okay, okay question number one. What's your name? Scott Stokely. <laughs> Where were you born? Hollywood, California. Ooh. Where do you live now? Um, in my Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> What's your PDGA number? 3,140. How many years have you been playing? Um, <laughs> uh, 46. <laughs> What's your favorite disc? My favorite disc? Mm-hmm. Uh, right, well, right now it's the bird. Excellent. And your favorite course? I have to give two. Um, uh, the best, well, the best course I've, I think, the best course I've played is Maple Hill. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, well, no, I'm gonna have to give three. I'm sorry. There's, I keep. <laughs> I have one favorite. The best course mm -hmm. I've played is Maple Hill. Um, mm -hmm. uh, there's a course called Caliber in, in North Idaho, which is a very special private course. My all-time favorite will always be Oak Grove Park, the world's first course, which is where I grew yeah. up playing. Um, so that is kind of like that's almost the one that's the given. Yeah, like it was like what? It's like what's the best? What's the greatest day of your life? Well, the birth of my child. You're like okay. Besides that, <laughs> like that's kind of what it is. I mean, I mean, it's like my yeah. favorite course will always be Oak Grove, but that's just too easy of an answer. So a caliber in Maple Hill. Okay, excellent. Your favorite MPO player. Oh God. Um, whew. like, probably, I mean, Jeremy or Simon. Okay. Okay. And your favorite FPO player? God, how about Sarah Hokum or Jennifer Allen or Juliana Corver? Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Brady, oh, Eddie Lane King. She still plays over. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Cannot, can't forget Elaine. Brady, take yes. us through the back nine. So this is the back nine. This is just a this or that to just try to keep you on your toes. Um, peanut butter or jelly? Jelly. Uh, ketchup or mustard? Oh, God, ketchup. <laughs> Super class discs or lightweight discs? Super class. Uh, marksman baskets or regular baskets? Regular baskets. Regular. Mm. Masters Cup or Wintertime Open? Oh, God. 
Well, choose. I'll say Wintertime Open, but it's, <laughs> but it's close. Yeah. Keeping it on your toes. Let's go European champion or U.S. champion. Oh, God. I would love to win USDGC. I'm going to go U.S. Nice. Mm-hmm. Win skins at Eagles Crossing or win the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship? Winning the winning the championship, winning a tournament will always be. But guys, oh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's only tough because all of my skins money is being donated. All, every skins money I win is going to be donated to Hope for Autism in, in uh, Missouri. So I want to win the Players Championship, but then a whole bunch of skins also. How about that? That's a plain <laughs> answer. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, we got two more. So, speaking of winning, winning the USDGC or still having your distance title? Well, I don't have my distance title anymore. Um, so, it would be, uh, so probably, well, winning USDGC because I've already had the distance title. Okay. And then last one, hole 18, win Worlds or finish the year top of the leaderboard at the Disc Golf Pro Tour points. So the no, points leader at the oh, end of the year. Winning Worlds, not even close. Win, winning Worlds is the number one goal, period. Not even close. And there you have it. That is 18 holes of the quick fire round on the Sweet Chain Safari. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. Uh, Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show um, and great fun. Um, I, I, I think it's been your, one, one of our favorite guests um, and we'll really look forward to um, seeing you when you come to New Zealand in um, next our winter. I can't wait. No question. You said there were some people wrote in questions. Yes, we had a few that I put up on the screen. Um, we had a, what? There, here's one. So, oh. what? What? What par did you get on the nine point nine mile hole? Did you count the strokes? Yeah, I counted the strokes. Um, it was one sixteen sixty eight. The first one. Oh, 179. Okay, so, yeah. I had to check with my statistician. <laughs> Data analytics team, you have one too? We, yeah. Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. Um, yeah, I. Uh, what's, what's really funny about this, I'll tell you a funny story. So I wasn't throwing hard. I wasn't trying to throw hard. Um, I was 9.8 miles, and I wanted to throw – I decided beforehand that I wanted to throw 300 feet per throw um, because that's, that's a distance I can – kind of throw all day and it's not really going to hurt my arm so my plan was to throw 300 feet per throw and i estimated i forget where whatever i whatever i estimated that would be um when i finished and counted the strokes i was only two strokes off of that so i threw i threw within um like a foot of 300 feet per throw or a foot or two on average so i like i just i was really shocked i like had that dialed Mm. in yeah Good stuff. Well, yeah, um, kind of following up that, how, how's the body after your marathon hole? Um, it's sore, but not bad. Um, I mean, I, I felt more tired the next day. I had shin splints the next day, which was surprising oh, to me. They hurt. Um, my arm didn't feel bad at all. I didn't feel anything, no soreness whatsoever in my arm. Uh, it was really important. Like, the tour is about to start. If my arm was hurting or my elbow started hurting, I was quitting. Like, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not stupid. I'm not, you know, like, I care way more about the tour than <laughs> that hole. But my arm was fine, and um, uh, just my legs were sore, but not not injured sore. Just like I went for a long you hike. Walked. Yeah, yeah, ten miles in Death Valley. <laughs> yeah, well, because I mean, some of it was on the road, but then you, you also are going to be off in the desert sometimes. Um, I was more sore on the, the nine point eight mile hole because it was on a beach, and what I didn't account for is that every time you well first off walking in the sand is hard yeah walking on sand. but every time you step you're you're basically having to balance and my hips started hurting which mm. would Ooh, which, which would never happen yeah. just walking you know across a you know a football field for 9.8 miles uh more on a treadmill or something but on sand it was like i think the stabilization of my hips mm. i was like uh, totally caught me off guard but that's the fun of doing hard stuff is that like you don't know what to expect so it's like hey well man. that's true oh absolutely um so chris dixon asks how do you feel about distance records out in the desert so i think he's talking about sure where it's like a raging wind of like you know your 100k wind and you know yeah. you've, got, you've got open field you can throw it where you like and you know accuracy is not really a thing what, what's your thoughts on that yeah so here so the way this the way it works with the distance record so i i'm actually uh I consider myself like, in a way, the only person whose opinion matters about this. And the reason I say this <laughs> is because when they moved the distance out to the desert, I'm the person that had the world record that lost the record to a throw out in the desert. <laughs> so yeah. like, you know, when it comes down to it, I'm the one who got to go, Jesus. <laughs> um, the thing is, is everything about the event was fair. Everything about the event followed the rules. The tournament director followed the guidelines that, that mm -hmm. had been created by the World Flying Disc Federation to establish a fair competition. It was um, it was announced like there's you need to announce it a certain amount of time ahead of time. Like for instance, you are not allowed to say, "Oh my God, there's going to be you know you know 100k wins tomorrow. We're going to do a distance tournament." Like you, mm -hmm. that's that. That doesn't count. It had to have been published in advance. So in theory, anyone that wanted to be there could have been there. Yeah. Um, and the fact that there were the, you know, they, they picked a place where there's going to be good conditions is kind of like what the goal is. Mm. So I, I, nothing about it was unfair or unjust. It was, it, it, it was legitimate. Um, I think the only thing that, that is, because the records were set in such extreme conditions, it doesn't truly show how far a person can throw. Mm. It's not it's not a gauge of what when you see someone out on tour rip one, you know, six hundred and forty feet, and then you go, Well, yeah, but it's it's been discs have flown eight hundred feet in those conditions. Like like it, you can't even wrap your head around the distance that they threw. Yeah. So that's about the only thing that I think kind of took a little bit of the fun out of it, but there was nothing about it unfair. It was fair. And the other thing is, is the best in the world also set the record. So it's not like some person just showed up there on a weird yeah, day and broke the record. You know, it was going to be Simon or it was going to be Wiggins or Gay Singer or, um, I mean, the right people got the record. So like, it's, it's cool. Good stuff. Um, and the final question for tonight is what's your first event of this season? Yeah, the Las Vegas uh, challenge in nine days. Wait, eight days. Wow, eight days, and that starts on Thursday, I think. Thursday is that is that right? It starts Thursday next yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm in Las Vegas right now. I've been playing the courses every day. 
Fantastic, fantastic. Look, Scott, we'll be we'll be following you um, on uh, your progress throughout that tournament and for the rest of the season, um, especially in the run up to uh, seeing you in person. Um, I can't next, wait to come to Wellington. I heard it, it doesn't get windy there, so I'll be happy to wave some calm <laughs> conditions. Don't know where you heard that, but yeah. <laughs> I also want to go because I know there's a town north of Wellington called Fuckapapa. <laughs> and that's how and I, I looked it up i googled it that's how it's pronounced right yeah that correct yes yes so, I, yes, so for those that. people listening fuck a papa is the correct pronunciation of the town and uh, <laughs> i want i want to just go there and buy a shirt fantastic fantastic well look no. i'm as from from the people of new zealand thank you so much for coming on tonight no thank you guys um, a big fan of RPM, big fan of New Zealand. I haven't been there yet, but the entire northern hemisphere is losing its mind right now. Like it's, I think, I think it's about time for the southern hemisphere to uh, to have its have its uh, its century. Um, I hope so. I hope I, so. From everything I've, <laughs> it sure looks like that's what's happening. It sounds like New Zealand's doing about as good as anywhere in the world right now. So um, I'm looking forward to to. Uh, immersing myself in the culture if i'm you know if we're able to so thank you everybody i can't wait to see everybody in a couple of years it'll be great all right, I, mean, thanks, yeah. I mean at the end of the year yeah yeah come on down <laughs> all right thanks thanks y'all cheers scott see you soon i right, see you thank you brady Woo! that was let's get us right there we go um wow so much wisdom packed into like 50 minutes uh well, that's incredible. Um, so, yeah, really enjoyed that. And thank you so much, Scott. And uh, um, hopefully see him um, next summer. Yeah, um, yeah, I love his energy. Like that, it, you know, it was midnight his time, you know, and he's joining us and he's like full mm. of life and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, whatever totally. he's doing, give me a cup of that because, damn, dude, well done. <laughs> well done, Scott. Uh, look, I'm... Um, it's going to be one of those uh, one of those interviews that I'm certainly going to go back and watch and and you know there's there's plenty of stuff in there. I think there's something for everybody that they can take away. So um, plant yeah. your foot first, throw second. I think was like his number well, one tip, right? That's going to be that's going to be me. I'm going to go out the weekend and and, and practice practice more of that. So that's uh, that's fantastic. Um, right, let's go to. Um, in lieu of uh, going through some stats uh, this week, we do have the power rankings, um, which we'll um, share now. Um, now, these um, the comparisons of the com of the of the power rankings are based on. Um... Oh, hang on a minute. Oh, come One on, man. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Hang on. Uh, right. Um, are based the comparisons that you see the change uh, on these is based on uh, before North Island champs. Okay, so that, so essentially the beginning of the year, um, and so here we are across the um, FPO division. Um, to start with, some uh, some of the significant moves um, we've got Michelle Simpson up one uh, to third place uh, North Island champ Michelle Simpson. Um, uh, doing well and climbing above Gemma Sullivan. Uh, Nicholas Stout, after um, winning Heisender and the Smash, 
uh, moves up three places to fifth. Um, Zara McLeod, second at the Smash, uh, moves up three places to ninth. And Echo Lee, third at the Smash, moves up three places to 15th. Um, so congratulations to all of those. Also, congratulations to Sue Brown, who was the biggest mover uh, of the year so far. She's up nine places to 26th, um, following her third place at Heisender and her sixth place at the Smash. So uh, well done to her. Um, and over on the MPO side, um, Levi, uh, following his victory at Heisender and the Smash, has climbed one space above Simon Feasy. Um I've removed Justin from the from the league, uh, as you've probably seen, as uh, he's he's not coming back. However, he is registered for the Champions Cup. So if you are interested in seeing how Justin gets on across stateside, um, tune into the Champions Cup because he'll be playing in that event. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, Dave Keane up five places to fourth following his second place at the Smash. Uh, Vincent Wilson climbs up 10 places to eighth. Um, following his podium finish at North Island Champs. And Tom McKay moves up 18 spots to 10th place, um, following his fourth place at Heisender and third place at the Smash. Incredible results from uh, from Tom Downsdale. Very good week uh, for him there. Uh, Hemi's uh, 13 places up to 11th, um, following his second place at Heislander. Um, and the other big mover in the top 20 there is Isaac Sassanuma Howard, who moves up 29 spots to 18th following his fifth place at North Island Champs and fourth place at the Smash. And the biggest mover in MPO uh, was Henry Boyle, who moves up 80 places to 71st, uh, following his 19th place at the Smash. Shot, shot incredibly Damn. well, and well above his predicted finish. So well done to Henry. Um, right, so that which leads us on to this weekend um, and the and, and Rotorua. Um, which uh, takes place um, at the Sion Tree Nursery um, this weekend. Um, uh, Brady, your picks for this weekend. What do you think is going to happen? Plenty of talent out there this weekend. Uh, yeah. Um, should be good. Sorry, Jacko's on a heater. Uh, he's got nationals coming up, so he's yep. he's going to be hungry. It's going to be like a little warm-up lap for mm -hmm. him. Uh, so Jacko is going to be taking it out this weekend. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, my kind of sleeper pick in second is actually going to be Andy Davey. He performed really well last year. I'm thinking he's mm -hmm. going to come in nice and relaxed, so he'll take second. Mm -hmm. uh, in third place, let's go with Knuckles. Let's go with Mark Dakiv, uh, the Canadian back mm -hmm. New Zealand side. Um, he's going to just pip out Simon Feezy, Simon Feezy in fourth. Um, and then, yeah, let's go another Wellington boy. Stan Morris is mm -hmm. going to come in in fifth. He's always solid on the road. Uh, so those are going to be my top five. How about you, Matt? Yeah, very similar. I've got Blair joins um, in fifth place. Um, I, the Silent Assassin, I think he'll just play very, very quietly and then beat everyone. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, very, very good. I think fourth place, uh, Mark Dakiv, yes. Um, and I've got third place, Andy Davey. Second place, Simon Feasy, but I can't okay. really ask Jackson Sullivan to win this weekend. Um, and it's becoming, it's looking like it's going to be a bit of a, a Jackson versus Levi at Nationals. Um, Jackson holds the advantage. He's got, he's 5-2 uh, over Levi in head-to-heads. Um, and they're, they won one of the last two, each of the last two meetings, which was Nationals last year. And then the, uh, the smash, uh, sorry, Heisender prior to that so um which is where levi took out second place um and in the ladies division what do you have for this weekend uh i'll go the same way again um michelle simpson is on form um i, I don't mm. think you can really look yeah. past her for the win 
Um, I'm going to go with Flaxmere Dish Shop's own um, Victoria Speller. Um, mm-hmm. She did really well at Fault Line last year, so I think she's going to kind of chew it up. Um, and then uh, talk about like rocks, rock solid and steady. Let's go with Sweet Chain's own uh, Liz Mocha uh, for mm. third place. Yeah, look, I've got the to- I've got the same top three. Same top hey! three. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, very. It's almost you know it, not. That's not to say that it's not going to be a very competitive division um, across both the ladies and um, the men division. The the MPO field, ha- although small, um, are only nine players. You know, all of those nine players. You look and kind of go. They could all you know go on a heater at some point and and put in a charge. Um, nine very very competitive players playing this weekend. It's going to be fantastic to uh, to watch um, and, and follow. You'll be able to follow it on PDJ Live, um, and we'll have the results um, next week. Um, speaking of next week, um, uh, there was an announcement earlier on today that um, Ethan Stout has been picked up by the Discraft Underground team. Uh, so well done to him. Um, we will have someone from uh, Discraft Underground, hopefully, um, uh, on the show next week to, uh, to potentially to be able to um, to be able to talk us through a little bit more about um, that particular pickup. But also next week we have the Nationals preview, um, which will be our hole by hole breakdown um, of the uh, Nationals course, which will be played in uh, at Berenpore in just over two weeks time or about two weeks time almost um, so um what the way this will take is we'll have the caddy book we may have the videos that you made last year for middle earth open brady if they're still relevant um and maybe some pictures as well um but many of you will know what it what the, what the holes are like it's very the the course is broadly similar to the course played at middle earth open last yep. last year um, so check out the Flexline media coverage of, of that if you're interested. I'll be taking you through how to get a par on every hole, at least in theory, how to get a par in every hole. That'll shake out at about 920 rated if the weather's good. Um, yeah, and uh, Brady, you'll be taking us through how to get a birdie on every hole. And if you manage to get about, if you manage to birdie half of the holes on a good day, if the weather's nice, that will shake out to be about a thousand rated. So um, tune in. Um, Tune in next week um, to see if you've got any um, particular holes that you have struggles with or you have trouble with trying to navigate or you've never played the course before and you want a little insight into what to expect, then tune in next week. Okay, finally uh, on the show, um, we've got our very patient guest who's been waiting in the green room all this time. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, w- he won the um, Discmania 1 in 10 Guess the Four People competition. Uh, and uh, so this evening we have Jason Mallion. Good evening, Jason. Hang on a second. I'll pop you there. There we are. How Good are evening, you? Matt and Freddy. Thanks for having me. Good evening, Good Jason. Stuff. Now you you um you guessed correctly the four people who would be uh, picked and you guessed at like the eleventh hour I think twenty minutes before the the episode yeah. went live so you kind of sniped in there um, and, yeah. and took the prize so very well done thank you yeah I just as I was sitting down for the next episode I just remembered as like oh, I should I haven't put in my picks yet oh wow so it was it was almost. <laughs> It was almost a bit kind of on the fly then. Well, that's uh, yes. that's that, that's great. Um, now you received a package earlier on this week. Was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. 
It's a wow. very big disc there. Must Lovely stuff. Excellent. And we're going to do a live unboxing now to see what you've got. So just yeah. before you, just whilst you're taking the sellotape off or um, there, um, talk us through kind of your experience because, I mean, the discs would, if I've got this right, you spoke to Leon um, about the your kind of experience and what you throw currently and that kind of thing, and 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 they 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 tailored this package to you to an extent. Yeah. So tell us a little um, bit about yourself, so that so that yeah. people can kind of get a, get an idea of um, you know what what they could expect, or indeed what the kind of player that these discs um, fit. Yeah. Okay. So um, I haven't been playing that long. I've started in just after the initial lockdown the first lockdown in 2019 so i've been playing for about a year and a half mm -hmm. um intermediate player level um my go-to drivers that currently are like a end of a turn so something a bit more flippy that i can get the get flip up mm -hmm. yep um yeah Okay, right. What have we what have we got? I do love a mystery box, by the way. I do love a mystery box. Razor Claw 2, lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. These are all for sale, by the way. So just pop your name in the cart. I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right, Carlisle, buy it now. That's your pink, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> and this is uh is this uh Iron Samurai. Iron Samurai, Iron yeah. In, in or no, that's a Shogun. In a, Shogun. in a glow plastic, is it? Yeah. Shogun's a premium plastic link, I believe. Got a mutant. Mutant, lovely. Yeah. You'll need that for nationals. Yeah, that will come in useful at Baron Paul. Method. Nice. Mm -hmm. Very good, very good. 10 out of 10 condition, never left the bag. P2 pattern. P2, very, very popular. Very popular. Oh, second layer. Royal Rage 2. Ooh, instinct. instinct. Yeah. Yep. Premium plastic instinct. I have. Is that a PD3? It's a PD3, yeah, very good. Ooh. Another good one for Nationals. Mm -hmm. Good good win disc. Enigma. Yeah. Very good. Don't let Kana have it. <laughs> Arctic Fang. Arctic nice. Fang, yeah. <laughs> and the last one, Pink Essence. I better have this one from my wife. <laughs> <laughs> they're a very popular disc the essence yeah, yeah. absolutely and then there's a couple other things is a chalk bag chalk yep. bag oh, lovely. Nice. and a bag oh very good yeah very, very cool. good very happy about that yeah very excellent Excellent. You've got a lovely stack of discs there and something something that's uh, for every shot. So we look forward to you um, throwing those at Nationals. You'll be joining us at Nationals in Wellington in um, just over a, what, about two weeks' oh, time. Two, two weeks' time. time. Yeah. yeah. Lovely yeah, stuff. I'll see you guys Excellent. there. I just Fantastic. want to say thank you to NZDSS, Leon, Discmania, and Sweet Chains Love. Thanks for 
yeah, hosting the competition. You're very welcome, and uh, and congratulations, congratulations. May they may they get you many birdies. I hope so. Thank thank you very much, Jason. We'll we'll see you soon. Um, thanks for being on the show, and uh, yeah, very good, lovely. All right, see you guys. Cheers. See you, Jason. Excellent. Right, where are we? We're nearly there. There we are. Excellent. Right, okay. So um, as we said, uh, the show next week is going to be a bit chock a block. Um, but look forward to that. We're going to have um, all of the uh, Nationals holes um, previewed and downloaded and broken apart. And Brady's going to tell you how to shoot 18 down. I'm going to shoot, tell you how to shoot even par. So uh, lovely. Um, that's it from me. Um, so wherever you are, wherever you play disc golf this week, uh, take it easy. Play well, get some birdies. And we'll see you next week. Cheers.